Welcome to Squabbles of the Soul, a podcast from the students at Middle Tennessee State University. In this podcast, we will discuss controversial issues in the agriculture industry. Each issue discussed is open to interpretation of the listener and does not reflect the opinions or views of Middle Tennessee State University as a whole. Join us now. Welcome to Squabbles of a Soil. I am your host today. My name is Emily Goolsby, and today we will be talking about grain-free foods and the diet that goes along with it. We have two speakers today. One is Dr. Gabriel Ritchie, who is a small animal veterinarian, and then we also have Debbie Clark, who is a veterinary technician. Grain-free food is a controversial topic right now because there have been some studies that say that it can cause cardiomyopathy, or in layman's terms, heart disease. But there has also been situations where the grain-free foods have been beneficial to animals. So, with this being said, this is a huge controversial issue, especially in the small animal world as of right now. We are going to just kind of jump right in. So we'll start off with you, Miss Richie. Um, what, in your definition, is a grain-free food in the diet that goes with it? So a grain-free diet is going to be a diet that is absent in grains, usually replaced with legumes as the main non-meat product in it. Okay. And then Miss Clark. The same thing. Grain-free dog food is the absence of grains. Okay, and then um, now with the clinic that you guys work at, is there anyone that comes in that is very for or against it? And what are y'all's views on it or your experiences there? You know, that's a great question. We see this battle every day. Some people are very passionate one way or another on if they are for grain-free or if they're anti-grain-free, if they feel that their dog, usually they feel that their dog has an allergy to grains and on occasion they may, um, but it's, it can get very heated. But on a day-to-day basis, we do see this subject come up. Yes, as a veterinary technician, I do see that we have a lot of clients come in with dog food allergies and they're looking for solutions and many have found that grain-free dog foods have been that solution. Okay, um, and now when you say solution, a solution to what? A solution to their dog's digestive issues or skin allergies. Okay, and then Miss Ritchie, as being the and then being a vet, um, what is, like, if you do have a client come in that really likes it or, and they are trying, and you are trying to convince them that it's not a good diet, um, where would you go from there? Well, it really depends. I like to start from the basics and see what is a good diet or not a good diet for that dog. I think the 
whole grain-free topic as a whole, there's a lot of research and papers for why we may be against or hesitant to put a dog on a true grain-free diet. Um, understanding that none of the prescription grade grain-free diets are implemented in any of the FDA studies to cause any kind of negative effects such as the cardiac effects that you've seen. Um, so it's on a case-by-case -case basis if a dog should have a grain-free diet or not. If your question is how often is that true, it's actually very rare for a dog to truly have a grain allergy and then need a grain-free diet. Like Dr. Ritchie said, though it may be rare, there are certain cases that dogs and cats might have a grain allergy and so they need to go on a grain-free diet. And then also, who wants a bunch of um, extra added carbohydrates or knockoff grains into their dog's food instead of real meat like their ancestors? Okay. Are there any testings? I know you had brought up testings. Um, are there any sort of testings proving that the foods can cause heart disease or any sort of studies? That's very good. So there was a study put out a few years ago that was very suspicious of linking the uptick in heart disease to possibly grain-free diets. And our FDA actually said, oh, wait a minute, that's a pretty good study. We should investigate that because that could have to go with product labeling out there. So the FDA isn't out there to make the true connection, but to see is this true or not and have to worry about how the labeling's placed. So the FDA did their study and they came out and said, well, that actually that study looks to be linking something going on, something with grain-free diet is probably linked to cardiac disease. Now, a lot of questions are out there. Is it just us as a veterinary community as a whole catching more heart disease? Yes, some of that's gonna be true. Is it our veterinary um, community as a whole seeing different genetic factors in dogs that are just predisposed to heart disease? Yeah, it could be that too, but it looks like it is very closely linking some particular diets, usually over-the-counter diets that uh, tend to be more marketing-based than science-based diets to grain-free causing cardiac issues. We haven't found the exact link to it yet. Um, some cardiologists seem to be fairly uh, pro-con on, on what it's going to be, but that there is something causing it. We think that it's going to be more of the balancing of the nutrients, more of the uptick in the legumes. So usually pea fiber looks to be very linked to it. That's maybe blocking some of the tartaring uptake in it. That could be linking that to heart disease. Um, things of that nature could be why. Um, and then you had brought up tarring for if someone was listening to this and they didn't exactly know what that is Could you just kind of do like a brief explanation of what that is good? Tarring is a uh, Supplement that is necessary for the heart muscles to provide good heart strength and contractility so it is a an Additive that needs to be put in for heart health So to counter miss dr. Ritchie, I would like to say that as long as your dog food is able, or cat food, to have the proper amount of taurine balanced in it whilst um, taking out those grains, then you shouldn't have to worry about any side effects of the grain-free diets affecting your dog or cat's cardiac health. 
and you also have the benefits of the grains being taken out and causing your skin or allergy irritants for your dog or cat because they don't really need their grains. You know, I, I hear what you're saying, Miss Clark, um, and I get that question, or I sometimes I get that comment a lot, but that's actually not really science-based from what the studies are that are coming out. And maybe symptomatically we see these pets improve for whatever reason. Um, usually it's the diets um, in conjunction with some other treatment that's going on. But targeting levels alone aren't going to solidify that the pet's getting the nutrients or able to absorb the nutrients. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, checking these feeding trials to make sure the targeting's uptake. Because I think that's a lot what these FDA studies are hinting back at and what us as researchers in the veterinary community are gonna have to go back to find the link and prove which is, you know, our job to go back and, and find that in research, is that something is blocking the uptake of the tyrene, which is why we see that these cases don't always just turn around with changing of the tyrene supplementation. They have to be actually taken off the diet for the chance for them to, for the heart disease to possibly be reversible. And there are cases where it's reversible. For that. And, you know, it, a lot of times people say, well, you know, grain allergies. And, and I used to be of the, the community that thought grain allergies weren't going to be big. But we have found statistically that's just not it. No papers are showing that grain allergies are, are big in dogs. Grain, wheat, wheat in dogs makes up less than 13% of true proven food allergies. By far, beef being the majority of allergies. They tend to be proteins. Uh, kilodontin weights 10 to 70 kilodontins tends to be what's going to be causing an allergy in a dog or a cat. Cats are a little different species, but <laughs> they don't tend to need really a lot of grain in their diet. But, you know, our dog today, they are just genetically different than any predecessors such as a wolf. And we have lots of papers today that have proven or on the controversy side disproven that their digestive systems are actually in any way linked to their wild you know quote-unquote counterparts speaking on to that when you talked about genetics isn't it really just golden retrievers that we need to worry about with cardiac disease linked to grain-free diets because they're already predisposed with their cardiac issues or king charles cavaliers for that matter that is another good question that comes up and uh, they are. These breeds, genetically, there are breeds that are going to be predisposed to heart disease in general, be it linked to the diet or not to the diet. But even more so reason for us to be conscious of what we are feeding and how our home environment, everything with these dogs to support healthy heart health in the long term. And we may even do rechecks more frequently on these patients to monitor for signs of subtle, you know, subliminal levels of cardiac disease. Maybe more so than I would do in a breed, say, like a Labrador Retriever that may be not as genetically predisposed to heart disease. Um, now, is there, has, with like research, is there a certain amount of time that an animal has to be on this diet um, before it can be reversed or a certain amount of time that they've been on the diet um, and then that the heart disease was found? So 
from the papers that I've read over, the time frame varies just because I don't think we've investigated that fully enough, but it tends to be patients that have been on these grain-free diets for a set amount of time, um, precluding that they have an underlying heart disease, usually eight plus months on the said diet. So if you went out and you got, maybe you thought it was a great food and you got a grain-free diet and you wanted to try it, it, you know, in one week your dog should not, you know, develop heart disease from that. If it did, I'd say that that dog was going to develop heart disease anyways. <laughs> now, taking them off, that's a trickier question. Some dogs we've taken off the heart, the grain-free diet in the heart um, is able to come back. Some dogs are not. Their heart's so far damaged, they're not able to recover, which is really scary. We have lost several patients to um, diet-related cardiac disease, and we pulled a few back from it. I can only say that we have seen dogs that have been able to live their whole lives on grain-free dog foods or cats on grain-free cat foods without having any issues or known issues of cardiac-related issues and have died a rather normal, um, led a normal life and have died of normal causes due to old age. You know, in times past we have, and now cats, again, I'll say that cats are totally different. Grain not being a big allergy for them, but also grain not being a huge component in a cat food. We're really focusing on that protein uptake for cats because they are such big carnivores where our dogs are more omnivores. Now I have seen, I've had dogs on prescription grade, grade free dog food. I think it's because we see an uptick in my concern, these boutique brands. So a lot of people can talk a good talk, but maybe they're not balancing their diet fully. Maybe they're just balancing it so that a machine will read what is protein or read things um, so it looks nice on a label, but maybe they're not actually doing all the things that they should to balance that dog food out and make sure the nutrients are absorbed properly. So that's why we're seeing an uptick in some of these pets that are on grain-free, on these diets that are boutique diets that are developing heart disease, but we are not seeing, and this is very important, we're not seeing the increased heart disease in the prescription grade or the higher science-based dog foods that are making grain-free diets. They were tested and none of them were found to be implemented in these FDA studies or the third-party studies that came before it. Um, so kind of going back around to diet, are grains like an essential part of an like, animal's diet? Is that something that they like have to have? That's a good question too. I feel that carbohydrates are very nutritious and they are a good structure for any omnivore's diet to be a part of. Your three big portions when you look at to just start balancing a diet are gonna be your protein, so like your meats usually, your carbohydrates and your fats to put in there. And then you have your vitamins and your minerals to a lesser degree, though important there presently. So if you're doing less of your grains, then you're actually having to raise your fats or your, um, you're having to raise your protein content. And that balance can be really tricky when you're talking about balancing a dog's diet because it is important for them to get some good, I mean, think about corn. Um, corn, if 
you know, not too much GMO all aside for it, is very nutritious. There's a lot that can be absorbed from corn that is good for your body and that is nutritious for support of muscle, cardiac, gut health even. I do agree with Dr. Ritchie on a lot of these health and nutritional aspects that she has gone over, but I do still will vouch for the dog that has that green allergy or where we have done trials and the dog has gone to a grain-free food and thus allergies or a systemic digestive issue has stopped. Okay, yeah. and there are dogs out there that, that, you know, I've had two or three soybean allergy dogs with crazy all things. Um, they, I mean, it does happen once in a blue moon. I won't say that they don't happen. And that does make all the difference when it comes to true food allergies versus food, like reactions, true food allergies versus food intolerance. That is going to make all the difference for those dogs. But the vast majority of these dogs, we have to be careful what foods we're recommending. Knowing that these studies are out here, if we're recommending in large quantities these dogs, especially the dogs that could be predisposed to heart disease, then we're going to be held liable for those dogs developing that heart disease because we have the knowledge base that we have for it. And I can't in good standing just recommend grain-free for any person or any dog. It all depends on what that dog's needs are. So besides like the heart problems, have you guys had any sort of um, encounter where they're having like different problems from grain-free foods and or if they like switch to back to like a grain diet, has there been any like changes in their health from there? Again, Emily, I think it depends on why we may have switched, like if we knowingly switched them to a grain-free food, we probably did it with purpose of concern of adverse food reaction, like a true food allergy. Um, so if they had a true food allergy and we were challenging the trial to see if that was real, maybe they had been on it for a set amount of time, we saw improvements and we wanted to see them react, then yes, when we put them back, they're going to react. Um, people, usually it's the clients that goes out and they change them, this, that, or the other. What I see commonly when people just switch them over to a, usually a, a lower quality, though expensive, boutique food. I'm going to call out some of the Blue Buffalo, Blue Wilderness, Akena, For Health, um, Rachel Ray. All very popular ones to just make their own, make it up, uh, grain-free diet. I tend to see digestive issues so commonly, especially among the puppies. We tend to see that within a week to four weeks of switching over. I'd say the vast majority of those being within a few days of switching over the food, even if they tried to do a slow switch. Then thinking just because of how they're balanced to be grain-free, they're adding in some other legumes, things that may not be as well processed and they're putting them higher in fat which is hard on the pancreas and higher in protein which can be a little hard on the kidneys and the gut it's going to hit you fuller so if you're thinking about you were eating a steak dinner every single day and you're not a camp <laughs> that's going to ride on your digestive system a little bit harder than if you were having maybe a little bit of steak with a nice little salad and a side order of some corn and a little little bread I don't know. I feel like Blue Buffalo and the Four Health have been excellent advocators for the dog food industry. 
and and we have seen significant improvement on a lot of the dogs in the pit bulls, mainly um, pit bull skin, when they have been riddled with allergies. I do find that very interesting. Maybe you have seen a few cases. I, I, well, I shouldn't dissuade it. You probably have seen a few cases, but the vast majority, statistically speaking, is not quite the case. And again, usually it's dosed with ancillary things such as putting a probiotic with it or treating that skin infection. A lot of times they're using like interleukin therapy such as Cytopoint or Jax therapy such as Apoquil to block some of those itch cycles or even steroids. Okay, so to just kind of wrap this up, um, do I know, Dr. Richie, you are against grain-free foods. Do you think there are any pros or cons to this? And then same with you, Ms. Clark. So, again, I'll speak in, in general. There are some cases where grain-free diets are needed, but those are select few and carefully planned out for that patient and monitoring done to make sure that we're not seeing heart disease associated with them and putting them on specific diets that are not implicated in the study. Other than that, as a vast majority, I don't recommend grain-free diets because they do pose this risk that we don't know the exact link we have suspicions to heart disease. And I can't in good knowledge, especially patients that are gonna be predisposed to heart disease, recommend people give that diet to their dog. I mean, when you think what's the what's the con versus the pro, the the pro is there's really no extra additive if it's just an everyday diet and that dog doesn't have a need for grain free. The con is if I'm if I'm right or wrong in this, that I could be setting that dog up for heart failure that may be irreversible. And since we took the oath of do no harm, I can't in any good knowledge go against that oath and recommend that diet until we know more. Dr. Ritchie made some very good points and I do agree very much on advocating on behalf of the animal and what they need nutritionally. I will say that there are going to be instances where we do have to give them a grain-free diet or we might need to give them a grain-free diet and from what we've seen they benefit off that grain-free diet and of course if we do have a dog because I'm not going to say that cardiomyopathy, cardiomyopathy doesn't exist in heart disease in dogs that if we do need to take them off a grain-free diet then yes in good standing we definitely need to honor that and give them the grains and the amino acids that they need from those grains. Okay, well, thank you both um, for answering my questions. This has been another episode of Squabbles of the Soul. Join us next time as we discuss more controversial issues in the agricultural industry. On behalf of Middle Tennessee State University and the students in the Agricultural Education Department, we would like to thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.